0: We are going to begin a new series today, and uh, if it's your first time with us at a brunch, let me tell you how it works. Um, we, uh, we desire to have conversations uh, with one another a lot of times while we're teaching, and so uh, what I'll do is for, I'll probably teach for about seven or eight minutes, and then we're going to break into some groups right around your table, give you some questions to talk about, uh, and then we'll come back see what God's Word says again, and then we'll do it again. So today is a a discussion time. It's a time to connect with one another, and hopefully it'll be a time you enjoy. And uh, and as you enjoy it, you would go, hey, this is something I would like to do on a regular basis, and it's what we do in our small groups. And so... uh, so if you're weirded out by talking to other people like about spiritual things, it's okay. We're all weirded out a little bit by that, so it's no problem. Like you don't, You're don't, not going to be put on the spot. We're not going to come around with a microphone and make you say anything. It's just a chance to really challenge each other and begin to think uh, different kind of things. And so uh, if you got your Bibles today, we're going to be focused around Psalm 103. Uh, and I love the Psalms. If you aren't familiar with the Psalms, they're basically Old Testament songs. So we've been singing some different songs this morning, and basically we have a songbook in the middle of our Bible from Old Testament days, where many of these were songs that they would sing in court or in church, and uh, would enjoy that together, and the one we're going to look at today is is a great one, but this series we're beginning is a series called Soul Purpose. We're really going to focus on what it means to kind of balance as we grow our physical self, but also our spiritual nature. I don't know about you, but it is easy uh, for me to focus primarily on my physical well-being. I mean, that's just natural, right? I, I, I woke up this morning. I was hungry. I knew we were having brunch. I knew that need was going to be met in my life very good this morning. And I kept walking back there, and there was all kinds of new food. Back Who made the homemade cornbread? Who made the cornbread? <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's just wonderful. There were all these little round things with... Something inside. I don't. Those were amazing too. All kinds of uh, amazing stuff. I always enjoy Michael and Kay's casserole dish, egg things that you guys bring. Amazing food this morning. As I got to thinking, you know, I'm going to have my physical needs met. That's a part of it. I need to sleep sometimes. I need to eat. I need to drink at times. There's, I need to exercise. I'm training to run a half marathon. Danielle's training it with with it. We're training together. I, sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. But sometimes I know I've got to do this to train and get my body ready. Do you realize our our soul, the spiritual nature of who we are, is the same. We we have needs there as well. And, and I would love to say that we're kind of all on the same page with this, but the truth is, when it comes to understanding our spiritual nature, probably even people in this room, but you know, culture in general has some different ideas. Some people believe we're just a physical person and that's it. When we die, that's it. There's no spiritual nature. There's no soul. There's nothing beyond this physical life. Get as much out of this physical life as you can, and when you're done, you're done. That's certainly one belief that's out there. There's other religions that believe that you know what we like our our soul just kind of recycles. How we live this life determines what kind of life we have in the next. So let's if we live good enough this life, maybe I'll be, you know, I'll Move up next time. If I don't do too good in this life, I move back down. And so whether it's like we, we get a better station in life or even some religions believe we would move back down and like the lowest form of animal would be a rat. You know, we would come back as a subway rat in New York City. Wouldn't that be horrible? That would be, you know, how do you make, how do you get better as a subway rat? You know, be like, I'm not going to gnaw on you today. I'm going to continue on here. So we uh, lots of different beliefs. We as people who follow Scripture believe that our soul is created. We're, we're both physical and spiritual and our soul is created in God's image. Is that each person in here bears the image of God in their heart. And that's a unique belief because, and it's an amazing belief because as I look around this room, it's not that I'm just seeing people from all different ethnic backgrounds, all different age groups, all different... I'm seeing a commonality in every person in this room. And it's that God uniquely shaped you Uniquely put His Spirit and His image into you to guide you. And we are created in the image of God. We are valued. Each one of us in here holds value to God. There is nobody in here that was a mistake. There's nobody in here that God did not purposefully shape and form and create when we believe that we were created in God's image. So we're going to look at this passage out of Psalms today because uh, in the Bible the word soul or spirit is used over 800 times in Scripture. We're not going to take an exhaustive list. look at those 800 passages today. We're going to kind of look at one passage that really helps us understand our soul and how it connects to God. But before we read that, one question I always get is like, all right, if we do have, you know, we're, we're physical and spiritual in nature, what does our soul do? Like is it just when we die is that the little part that floats up into heaven and we get our angel wings and we float around? Like what is our is that something we are in the future? And the truth is, from what scripture teaches, that's not true, is that we're as much spiritual as we are physical today. And and here's what our, our soul does for us. One, it creates within us a desire to connect with our Creator. Our spiritual nature creates this desire for us to connect with God. And so we have this longing to know our Creator. This longing to know why we were created. I mean, think about music and art and film and books and stories. How many of those are telling the story of how we're trying to find out who we are and who made us? That's what our soul soul longs to reconnect with our Creator. But Scripture also says our soul helps us discern wisdom and foolishness helps us discern what is right and wrong. As being created in the image of God, we have the ability to discern, discern right from wrong that there is a spiritual way, there's an authority in this life that says, this is wisdom, this is folly. And our soul helps us do that. So it's not just up to whatever you feel is right doing. It's up to that your soul is finding authority and connecting with that authority. It also does this. It directs our feelings. It directs how we feel. You ever had just one of those days like you went to bed feeling real good and you woke up the next morning just in the worst mood ever? I mean, like, what happened? Stop pointing at people, yeah? Gary. <laughs> you, know, you ever have those days? I mean, you just wake up and you're like, man, I'm just in a foul mood today. And maybe there's something physically that caused that, but sometimes our soul is just not connecting and our spiritual part of us needs refreshing. And our soul helps us direct our feelings, to be sorry, to rejoice, whatever. And the final thing our soul does is it drives our actions, how we respond and what we do. It actually begins to come out in our physical nature. And so think about this. This is what our soul does. It helps us connect to our Creator to know what's right and wrong, to help us know how to feel and react to our world, to eventually know how to interact with our world, where we start to do things. That's the integration of spiritual and physical. So let's look at Psalm 103, 1-5. through 5. I'm going to read it through, and then we're going to uh, kind of look at a couple verses at the time. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. So just... One thought right there. It's not just, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. But what is that next? He's explaining kind of what the soul is. He says, all that is within me. Everything. Not just my exterior, but my heart, my soul. All that is within me. Bless the Lord. And then forget not His benefits. And so what the psalmist is doing here, he's about to do this. He's like, look, I'm going to bless the Lord and I'm going to remind you why our soul should bless the Lord. I'm going to list off some benefits. And here they are. He says... He who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So the first thing I want you to see is this. In verse 3 there it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all my benefits. He who forgives all our iniquity and heals all our diseases. The first thing our soul searches for is to be made whole be restored. That's the first benefit when we connect with God, to have a renewed soul, a renewed spirit. How many of you, maybe you got sick over the winter or you just, you know, you ever had a broken leg or something like that? You ever had that moment when you like get your cast off or like you finally have that morning, you wake up and your head is not stuffy anymore and you feel like I'm alive again I can actually go through life normal again? That, that's a, that physical feeling, we also have that spiritually in our soul. Where we can sometimes get off track, but then God can renew our soul. He says He forgives our wisdom, our folly. He forgives it when we fall short, but He also heals us. heals the diseases of our soul. So when we do things either intentionally or unintentionally to sever that connection of our soul, God works to reconnect it. To reconnect. He says He forgives our iniquities, heals our brokenness and our diseases. He brings us back. I love that feeling of being back, ready, like just I'm ready to go back to work. I'm not sick anymore. I'm healed. I'm ready to go back. So I want us in our discussion time right here. Christy, do you have other questions? They're back there. We've got some discussion guides on the front. It'll say question time one, Q&A time one. And there's going to be a passage of scripture on there around your table. Is just somebody volunteer to kind of read that to your table or your group? And then there's some questions that go along with this idea of restoring our soul. And so we're going to take about six minutes or so and uh, do this together. And again, no wrong or right answers here. This is an opportunity to share. I want you to hear this from me. This is a safe place to ask questions, a safe place to bring up concerns, and as we do, then we'll begin to struggle with the truth and how that impacts our life. Turn your attention back up here for just a second, and I want to make one more point, and then I'm going to have you look at question two. And if you want to still can talk about one, it's totally okay because we're going to... The last part of our time will be spent in discussion, and so you can kind of stay as long as you want to to do discussion. But I want to hit this next part because I think it's so key in understanding uh, where we come out of part one. And so we talk about our soul being restored; is that it's you know it's kind of healed, it's kind of we're back to normal. Um, But in in verse four, there it says this: it says who. He also redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And what I love about this is this, is He is telling us, I don't just make you better or get you like whole. He says, I bring you back to your original state. Like I remember one time I, had a, I was in a car crash. Not, I was fine, but my car had major damage. And uh, they tried to fix it, and at the end of it, my insurance said, "Well, we should have totaled it, but we didn't. So we're going to write you a check for a thing called diminished value, which means your car is not as good as it used to be, and we're going to pay you for that." And you know, I was like, "Okay, sounds good." But uh, you ever feel that way in your life sometimes? Like, man, i have just I've messed up. I've broken, I'm kind of not done the right things, and my life has diminished value. And Jesus says, "Nope." When we restore your soul, when we redeem your soul, it is made brand new. There is no brokenness left in it. There's no cracks still in there in the underworking part of it. You are brought back complete. And so I want you to spend some time. Read that next verse on the Q&A part 2 and then look at some of those questions. If you want to continue with part 1, you're welcome to do that. Uh, We'll take about the last 10 minutes of our time together to just continue to do discussion through these. So continue those thoughts. Let me give us one last thought, and then uh, I want to pray for us. And then the room is ours. So if you want to continue to sit and talk and uh, grab some more food. I found some chocolate cream pie back there when I was roaming around. I got a piece. So the Lord has renewed my soul with chocolate cream pie. I I just want to show you this last verse. Here. And so uh, I think this is a key thought that's worth closing on when he says this in verse 5. He says, It is he who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. How many of you, those of you who are not, how many of you remember what it felt like to be a teenager? Like, I mean, I said those of you who are not. P.J. turns 18 today. He is, uh, congratulations, P.J., Like I remember that day in my life. I remember, like, 18 years old. Everything is in front of you. Like, like it's all there. That thought. And what I want you to hear is this: I don't care whether you're 18 in here, 28, 48, 68, wherever you're at, in that wherever age. For God, when He says He restores your soul, I want you to understand. For Him even if you're toward the end of your life it is not that you're useless at that point like okay i just got a few more years left he has renewed you like your whole life is in front of you like you've got everything in front of you and you can embrace it and run with it, it your your soul has no age has no age it's not bound by time so even though as your body as your body ages and you lose hair and your waistline gets bigger and things start to hurt that never hurt before. And you start like, is this really what 40 feels like? And, you know, what 50 feels like? What? Those kind of thoughts start creeping with your soul. And God can renew that. As He redeems it, restores it, we can accomplish whatever God has for us at whatever physical age. What an amazing thought. And so... uh I just want to pray for us. After I pray, uh, again, the room is yours. Continue these conversations around your table. Grab some food. No need to rush out uh, today. Uh, So thankful that we have so many people here to have these conversations. So let me pray for us, and then we'll continue to talk.